today on the National Basketball Association edition of Lighting Money on Fire. We've got numerous topics that are lighting up the league, including Tom Thibodeau is gone. The Rockets are back. And who's that? Who's that? I can barely see him, but it's the Indiana Pacers, and they're not going anywhere. We also, of course, have our best bets. Another random basketball talk. We're going to get to it right now on Lighting Money on Fire with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. You made it, you made it so exciting. I'm excited now. All right. So I'm a hype man. Woo-wee. Let's go. Let's go. Stand up, everybody. Piping it up over here. Stand up, everybody. That's yeah. correct. Um, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we did some bets a while ago. Last yeah. time we did this podcast, which was, what, three weeks ago, two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Our bets, uh, one of them was sad for Jonathan because we not only lost the bet, it was the Celtics. Uh, the Celtics were hosting Phoenix, and they were, they were 11.5-point favorites. And Jonathan's like, oh, they're going to crush them. Oh, it's no problem. Jason Tatum is the love of my life. Blah. And then uh, Phoenix won because the Celtics are terrible. <laughs> they did win the game, yeah. and it was not a good a good evening in the Levy household. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Children were abused. <laughs> I don't have there. There were no children. I'm just kidding. There was no one else wow. in the household. Wow. Yeah. Jonathan is luckily single with no family. Yeah, so so okay. And no one else's children were abused either. I'm just kidding. It gave me a look like, am I going to have to stop this? And yeah, I guess and redo we'll find this? out if later. I think it's do. okay. It's explicit. It's cut the E. We can say whatever we want. I don't think that's accurate. <laughs> I think you just fucked up big time. And it's not something you should say. Anyway, we lost that one. Yeah. And, uh, lost that one bad. But there was another game that we, same night we, that we won by a little tiny bit where, uh, Brooklyn was in Chicago playing Chicago, and they were two point favorites. This was my bet, and because I believe Chicago was terrible, yeah. and they, like, ju- they had just fired Fred Hoiberg, and uh, Brooklyn won by three. So easy peasy. Yeah, you were <laughs> like the Nets are going to destroy them. <laughs> just that's what I said about the Celtics too. Yeah. And those were not the case, but at least the Nets covered. That was great. We broke even. I'll take it. Yeah. So we win. We're the best. <laughs> One for one equals winning in, I my, mean, in my sure. book. Also, that doesn't really equal breaking even either, but we're going to pretend for right now that it does. All right, let's just move on to the NBA news and, okay. and happenings, the happenings news of, and notes. of the National Basketball Association. We've got Tom Thibodeau. Tibbs. Guy who ruined Derrick Rose's career uh, and then tried <laughs> to reinvigorate it in Minnesota. I mean... The, the, you can hold a lot of things against Thibodeau. I don't think it's reasonable to say he ruined I will always career. hold that against him. I understand that. But, like, was it Marty Schottenheimer? Who, was it Marty Schottenheimer who ruined uh, Robert Williamson's career, or was it someone else? Robert Williamson? Robert Griffin's career. Robert Griffin III? Yeah. That was not Marty Schottenheimer. No, that was Mike Shanahan. It was Mike Shanahan. I knew it was one of the two. Yeah. Um, they were all in there for one year and then left. It kept happening. Uh Mike Shanahan, yeah. So, um, so he actually ruined Robert Griffin's career. I, it's not fair at all to say that about Derrick Rose. But anyway, I just wanted to come in and anyway, say Anyway, Tib got fired. Yeah, he's gone. This is something that I guess you could see coming because Minnesota is near the bottom of the Western Conference, which is not at all what they expected. Of course, there's only really one bottom team in the Western Conference, and that's the Phoenix Suns, who yeah. are one of the worst teams in history. Uh, but they're, they're very bad. Um, but everybody else is actually like a good team. It's weird. (laughs) I mean, Minnesota is 19 and 21. Yeah. New Orleans is 18 and 20. New Orleans and Dallas, New Orleans is 18 and 22 and they're the second worst team. 
Phoenix is nine and thirty-two. Right. It's crazy. I mean, the the teams that are not currently in the playoffs in the West are Utah at twenty and twenty. There's six teams besides Phoenix who are not in the playoffs in the West. It goes from Utah at twenty and twenty. New Orleans is the worst, and they're four games under five hundred. So yeah. there's all those teams are just barely under five hundred, including uh, Minnesota, who's currently the eleven seed at nineteen and twenty-one. But uh, I mean. It's weird, right? Minnesota made the playoffs last year, but they did have Jimmy Butler for the full season, yeah. which really seemed to help them. And uh, I don't see a path for them making the playoffs this year. I really don't because there's just too much competition. Like, they got to worry about, you know, like Utah. Like, Utah is so much more likely to make... If they had the same record, I would think Utah is much more likely or to make Or New Orleans or maybe even Dallas. Yeah, right. By the way, Memphis doesn't suck either. All these teams are pretty good. Memphis, uh, I mean, Memphis has lost five in a row. Memphis sucks. They, do, they don't suck. They just have lost five in a row. Right. But I mean, like, this is kind of like you were saying on the last time we did this podcast, Memphis was out kicking their coverage. Yeah. They're not really a playoff team. They're probably not a playoff In the team. Eastern Conference, they probably would be, but yeah. not in the West. Well, sure. In the Eastern Conference right now, Charlotte and Brooklyn are playoff teams. They both have losing records. Yeah. So, yeah. But, um, I mean, all these teams would probably be playoff teams in the East, honestly. Yep. But they're not Everybody in the East. but the Suns. <laughs> they're not in the East, so that's the deal. Yeah. Um. It's a weird spot. I don't really understand why Tibbs was given the power he was given anyway. Is he really a good coach? He's a good defensive coach, right? People but, thought he was a good coach. I think he's a relic of a different age. He's a relic of the, like, centers are allowed to never leave the key age of, yeah. of basketball and, you know, playing your stars 40 minutes a game during the regular season and all that shit. I mean... He was an assistant coach on the Celtics before he ever got to be a head coach. Yeah. And that was the Kevin Garnett Celtics. Right. And uh, Doc Rivers did what, I think, on Tibbs' direction, really, even though Doc Rivers was the head coach. They played the Stars, which is the big three, way too many minutes in the first month, two months of the season. And the reporters were asking about it. The journalists were asking about it all the time because they it was weird. You know, it's like, why is Kevin Garnett playing 39 minutes a game when you're winning by, you know, 15? Like... Are you guys going to do anything about this? And at first, Doc was saying, no, no, we're just going to play him a lot, which is what Tibbs always says, too. But at some point, I think the owner, uh, Wick Grossbeck, uh, like, met with Doc, and basically everything changed, and they started to take care of those guys a little bit more. Um, but Tibbs never stopped doing that. Like, nope. So, But I'm saying it wasn't that long ago. Like two, When he got the job in Chicago, it was like 2009 or something, something like, like that. that. Um, and he was just he's doing it then. I mean, it wasn't like it was, you know... 1997 or something. And he had some very successful years, which got him a lot of respect in the league. And who knows if that was really him doing well, or if it was because he had Derrick Rose being kind of a transcendent superstar for a couple of years. I mean, that helps a huge amount. I think he is a good defensive coach. I think he's always been uh, a little, uh, like the bridges were a little too big for him and the coaching front. And somehow Minnesota after he, after Tibbs got fired, gave him not just the head coaching job, but also the GM job. Yeah. All the power. And maybe it's because they couldn't get him to be the coach otherwise. But that has not worked in the NBA. That, like, I can't think of the last time that was a successful move, right? Like, just never happens anymore, like, where that no. works. Dan Van Gundy? Yeah, like, he tried. Other Doc people Rivers. have tried. Doc Rivers in, uh, in the, for the Clippers, yeah, But they tried. removed his GM powers. Yeah, they did, but it took years. Yeah. Uh, that was a little different because they sort of gave it to him because they didn't know what else to do because they had gotten rid of the owner. But yeah. still, he then kept it. Balmer came on and they just kept it. He, I guess he didn't know what to do with Like, he didn't know how to remove the powers, probably. Right. But whatever. 
it just doesn't work. And it doesn't really work in the NFL either, except maybe for Bill Belichick. It seems like it has worked pretty well for Belichick. Yeah. But I don't know if there's... Maybe Pete Carroll has... I guess Pete Carroll probably has full authority, yeah. right? I guess it's worked pretty well for him too. But in the NBA, like, they just don't have time to do it all and do it well anyway. Like, GMing is a full-time job, as it should be in the NFL right. too. And not only that, but as I'm saying, Thibodeau is a relic of the past as far as coaching is concerned. Yeah. He doesn't use any modern thought in his coaching. He doesn't want to really like shoot a ton of threes. He doesn't, I mean, town shoots threes. He does. He does. But he also like, for some reason, Wiggins usage is higher than towns. Yeah. That's gotta be on Tibbs at least a little bit. I agree. No question. I mean, in the playoffs last year, towns was number three in terms of usage on the team by, by like a big amount. Like it was Wiggins and Butler and way, 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 way down the list. Although still third is uh, Towns, which is crazy. He's the most talented offensive player of the three. He's the most efficient and most talented. Yeah. He's the best offensive player of the three. I don't think anyone could argue that except maybe Wiggins and Butler. (laughs) Yeah. So Butler has a case. He could make a case. He can say whatever he wants, but it's not true. Right. It's just clearly not true. Right. I mean, as you like, he's one of the very best offensive players in the game. Towns is right. So. Real How? liability on defense, though, that guy. Yeah, but, you know, he's still youngish. It wasn't that long ago we were talking about Towns and Anthony Davis in the very same sense and really thinking Towns was better, remember? Yeah. It was like three years ago. Yeah. And, wow, things have changed. Now, right. Towns is significantly younger than Davis, but, you know, wow. I mean, we thought Towns and Davis were the top two trade value guys right. three years ago. But we were taking Towns one there for a little while. It was yeah. close, but we were. I think we both said, okay, Towns is now number one. It was, I think, right after his rookie year. Now uh, Towns is below guys like Lillard and, and Oladipo and people like that. I don't think he's below... L- I don't know. I don't know. Like, th- I mean, this is a really good question, right? Like, if guy, not just Lillard, but guys like Lillard, um, who says no? Like, so I'm going to say Lillard, Kyrie, those guys are comparable, right? Who is another comparable Oladipo. Player? Okay, Oladipo. You think Indiana turns down... Oladipo for Towns? I'm not sure they do. I mean, I mean, Oladipo's great. I mean, all these three, all these players are great, though. You really think Portland turns down Lillard for Towns? I don't yes, think they do. I think they might. I don't think so. I, th- I mean, the age is, is a big deal, obviously. I mean, from Portland's point of view, this is probably true for Indiana too. You think you think Oladipo is better than Lillard and Irving? Because I got. Some I don't. Movies. I don't necessarily think he's better. I think he's more complete as a player. Because he plays defense. Yeah, because he's, he's a great defensive player, too. And that's, so that's, that's pretty awesome. That's fair. His, his numbers are not as good as those guys. No, of course not. But he's, you know, he works at both ends of the floor. Yeah. He's actually trying. <laughs> so uh, that helps. Uh, the thing is, and the reason why I think both the Pacers and the Blazers would actually st- strongly consider and probably pull the trigger on a deal for Towns for those guys straight up if somehow that was available is because those teams are not winning titles with their current makeup. And they know it. But Towns is the kind of guy where if you squint just right, he could be the best player in the league in three years. But that's just not true about these other guys. I don't think Towns could be the best player in the league in three years anymore. You I don't. don't? I think he, he's like an incredible defensive liability. He could get better at defense. Can he? Sure. I think his lateral quickness is the major issue, and that's never going to get better. Okay, but like lots of guys are bad at defense, and then you know when you get with the right coaches, they improve. That happens a lot. So I believe that there's Towns is a good enough athlete, even if he's got lateral quickness issues, that it used correctly. Maybe he can't be great at defense, but he could be at least sort of passable. Like he doesn't have to be Enos Cantor on defense, you know? 
I think I think I say no if I'm the Pacers or the Blazers or the Celtics. I can, I think the Celtics have the best reason to say no, which is they could potentially win the title with the current group they have. Yeah, they could see that happening, and and for the years to come. Um, I don't know if they say no either, but I feel like the Blazers have to say yes to that deal. I'm not. I know you're much more of a Blazers guy than I am. So, um, but I feel like I feel like it's a mistake to say no, probably to that deal. Even okay. though I give you, you know, the defensive liability. Do you know Lillard's numbers? Do you know how good they are? I know they're great. Yeah. He's getting like a whole bunch of points, but but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the team ceiling, not Lillard's right. numbers. No, I agree. I think now speaking of team ceiling, yeah, the Timberwolves have never done anything with Towns, obviously. Correct. I, I just don't see him getting that much better. Maybe he can. I disagree strongly. Maybe he's he can. very young. He's he really, can. this is what, year four? I think it's four, yeah. I mean, uh, again, three years ago, we thought Anthony Davis and rookie Carl Anthony Towns were similar in terms of yes. value. Yes, we did. So Towns in three years, if he could take the, the value leap that, that Davis took, right? Now, he had all the tools, but Towns is almost all the tools also. I feel like he has a lot less tools than... Look, Harden than, sucks on defense, but was the MVP last year and might end up being the MVP this year. I don't think he's going to be, but it's not completely crazy. But he didn't deserve the MVP, right? LeBron did. Okay, but did, what, did he deserve to finish in the top three? I yeah. mean, he's, he's been a top three MVP guy for the last several years, But Towns right? is nowhere near Harden on offense. Right now. Right but now. Harden is fully formed. Harden's in his prime, and Towns is not anywhere close to his prime. That matters, man. I think it matters a lot. Like, Towns' prime is going to be, like, at age 27, and he's probably 23. Yeah, he's probably about 23. He has four years to get better, and it's possible Tibbs has no idea how to develop young talent because Wiggins never got better, and Towns really that's, did. Wiggins only a got point. a little bit better. I mean, sorry, Towns only got a little bit better. That's a fair point. And I don't know. I can't think of any other young players who has, have improved. Like, Chris Dunn sucked. For them, and then they just got rid of him, and he's at least okay. All right, let's take it out of the realm of, of yeah. fandom and talk only about the Pacers. So we're not Great. having anything about the Celtics or the Blazers here. Sure, but like, so you're you're the Pacers. You get the offer Towns for Oladipo. You have yeah. Miles Turner. What do you do? Well, Miles Turner is not having a great year. So still, he's young, like you're saying. He's younger than Towns, even. Yeah, and has plenty of potential. Sure, but he doesn't have. I don't think he has anything where close to the potential of Towns. Personally. I agree. Okay. Um, what do I do? I think I pull the trigger. I don't love it, but I say to myself, how do we win the title with this group in this, in this, with the league, the way it is right now, with the, the being so top heavy, even though the Pacers are good, they're really good even, but they're just not, they're not elite. And I don't see how they're going to get elite. I don't how see the gonna, path. How are you going to beat the Warriors without a big man that can switch? You're not going to, you, you don't worry about that. Okay. That's the thing. Like, He's young enough that you don't have to beat the Warriors because you can't. You're right. But maybe in three or four years when he's in his prime, the, war the Warriors no longer exist. And now you have to beat somebody else, but maybe you don't have to worry about the big man switching thing as much. Maybe I don't know. It's I not feel like end of the world. For this whole, his whole career is going to be like, he looks pretty good, and then in the playoffs he plays against Embiid or Davis and they eat him alive. I feel like that's what's going to happen to him for his whole career. Um, that's possible. That could happen. But I feel like that's, it's a reasonable gamble to take for these teams I think I do, I think I do it. I think I do it if if I'm Indiana. Yeah, I guess we need to give him a year without Thibodeau and see what it looks like. Maybe I mean right now also it's just the um the the assistant coach uh, I think it's Ryan Sanders is taking over. I have no idea. Um, Saunders, excuse me, Ryan Saunders. So uh, so I don't know that that's gonna change anything. I, and they're probably not gonna get a new coach till next year. Now I think they just wanted Tibbs out of there. Um, so if that's the case, then we may not see anything. 
I, I mean, I, what I'm guessing is going to happen is basically they're going to find somebody new. They're going to do a bad job picking a new coach. Apparently, they're talking to Fred Hoiberg, actually, now that I think about it. Oh, that would be a bad job. Yep. That makes no... He's the guy who replaced Tibbs in Chicago. They're just going to keep on going down the line. <laughs> I mean, what is going on? Yeah. So um, at least Hoiberg would not have full power, I have to believe. But this is not the way you do this. Don't do it this way, guys. Come on. Somehow, Towns is signed for a long time. I mean, it's a great deal. He just signed this lo- huge extension. That's fantastic. You know, of course, Wiggins is signed to a huge deal, too. That's not as good. No, it's not very good. Back to the original topic of okay. Thibodeau. I think it was, I don't know about the timing. I haven't put any thought into the timing, but it's good just to get him gone. I think it's probably a good idea. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe you're worried about losing some of your star players. Like, if, if Towns, like, demands a trade, even if you don't trade him, it it's, becomes problematic, especially in the smaller town of Minnesota. Because he where, hates Thibodeau, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And... uh and so this is a way of showing him, like, no, 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 we're on your side, buddy. That may be worth it right there. Oh, Towns is obviously worth more than Thibodeau. Oh, by a mile and yeah. a half, yeah. And Minnesota's just been, you know, like, the story of the Minnesota Timberwolves is they get star players and then they leave. The star players just always leave. Well, just Garnett, right? And Love. And Marbury. Oh, and Butler. Marbury. Four guys. Yeah. Four guys who are all basically superstars. Starberry. Like, yeah, I mean, at the time, Starbury was thought of as, like, a top 15 player. Garnett was maybe the best player in the league. Yeah. Uh, Butler's top 10-ish player. Um, Love, top 10-ish player, right? Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. They cannot keep these guys because right. it's Minnesota. They can't win, and it's a tiny town, and it's cold, and no one wants to be there. How crazy is it that so far in town's career, based on what we thought three years ago, he's never been as good as peak Kevin Love? We would have thought he would have surpassed him by now. Yes, that's true. We would have. But Pete, I still think he's going to. But Pete Kevin Love was definitely better than the best Towns has shown us so far. I think you're right. But I also think Towns is probably going to have a monster second half of the year. Like being freed of Tibbs and Jimmy Butler, I think he's going to be pretty happy and yeah. just ball. Now they need to remove the cancer that is Andrew Wiggins, and then maybe they have a chance. Well, there's no way to do that. Yeah. He's got such a big deal for so long. Why would I? I mean, I guess someone could trade a similarly terrible deal and a worse player for him, but I don't know what that gets you. You at least have upside with Wiggins in theory. I mean, I mean is there is there any like expiring contract you, that is bigger than Wiggins' contract that somebody needs to get off of? Well, he signed a max deal, so there's very few bigger yeah. ones. But there's probably some somewhere a max deal that you could trade for with it for a bad player or no, an expiring basically just to get out of it entirely. Yeah. There's prob- probably someone's, uh, I don't know, man. Is a team like, let's say, the Knicks willing to do that? I don't know. I don't know either. Like, the Wizards have got some pretty bad contracts. Yeah. But the only really big one I guess they have is John Wall. Right. Which is essentially untradeable also. Yeah. But they wouldn't want to give up John Wall for Andrew Wiggins. No, John That's Wall is terrible. clearly a lot better. And John Wall is actually a good player. Yeah. He just paid too much, but yeah. whatever. He's a good player. Unlike the Wigs, who is... All right, so Minnesota's brutal. fucked. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> massively so. Losing Jimmy Butler was just such a blow. Yeah, for they're them. not making the playoffs. No, sorry, guys. Speaking of making the playoffs, somebody who is are the Houston Rockets. Yes. We always knew they were going to make the playoffs. We were pretty sure they were going to make the playoffs. For some reason, it makes Jonathan extra happy, even though he has no ties to the Rockets right. or Houston. But he's just so happy that the Rockets are good now. It was crazy, though. They were... Pro- they were very... They were this close to winning the title last year. Yeah. 
They were almost certainly a Chris Paul non-injury away from winning. Yep. And even with the injury, they really should have won game six and seven. They missed the most three-pointers in a row in NBA history. I believe it was 27. Yeah. They were up by, I think, uh, like 17 at the half in game six and like 11 at the half in game seven and lost both anyway. It was super brutal. This year, they started off terribly. They were actually 11 and 14. Which after 25 games, usually you already like those teams have dug out of their holes a little bit. Not the Rockets, but now they're 22 and 16. They've won 11 of 13 games. James Harden is playing out of his mind, and uh, the Rockets seem like they're back for real. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It is cool. It's cool. It would just be for me because I guess I'm excited because I don't believe the other Western Conference contenders are actual contenders except for the to the Warriors throne. Um, I don't believe the Lakers are uh, any kind of a real threat. Right. Um, yeah, the, I don't. The Nuggets, who are I don't the believe the record, right? I'm not. I have no concern about the Nuggets as as a. If I were the Golden State Warriors, I just wouldn't worry about them at all. Like, cool, but like, talk about a, a big man who can't play defense. You got Nikola Jokic there. You know, would you rather have Jokic or Towns? I don't know the answer. I'd have to really think about it. My ah, Jokic is better right now. Yep. How old is Jokic? He's very young too. I think they're about the same age. In my 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 belief is that Towns is more upside than Jokic, um, because of his draft position and stuff. That's part of it. Um, he's just more athletic too. I mean, he's clearly. not athletic. Towns is not athletic compared to Jokic. He is. I mean, no, they're both super unathletic. I mean, Towns is pretty athletic. No, he's not. you're crazy compared to Jokic. He's about the same, dude. The, he is not athletic. Show me an athletic Carl Anthony Towns play. I will. Okay. Cool. So anyway. Um, what are we even talking about here? Oh, we're talking about that. So yeah, as the, so I don't think there's any other like true contenders in the West. Just like OKC is the other one, right? OKC is playing great. They've got a fantastic uh, point differential right now, and all they lead the West in point differential, which is cool and all. They're actually third overall in the league. Yeah. But I don't believe they will have the Warriors are going to have any real problem with them. Yep. I know Paul George is playing great, but come on, man, Kevin Durant is on that team now, so. Yeah, to I me, mean, this Rockets, is the only this is the only real hope. Rockets and Warriors are by far the most likely Western Conference Finals. Yep, once again. So Houston sort of rising back into it. It's it's interesting how like every year, the first two weeks of the season, weird stuff happens. We're like, oh, maybe Memphis is good this year. Oh, the Orlando Magic and Detroit Pistons are good, you know. And then time passes, and we realize what was that voice. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, oh, it's really nice over here. I'm just saying, you know, every year it's like. We, I mean, I guess it's all we have to go on, but the first three weeks of the season, we like not just you and me, but the the NBA media and everyone, the fans, we overrate these like very small, these tiny records. You know, they play eight games and we think it means so much about who these teams are and it just doesn't. So are we overrating the Indiana Pacers then? Because they look pretty good. They are really doing a thing. They're 26 and 13. That's a damn good record. I can't believe it because so... I knew I saw they were 26 and 13. By the way, 5.8 point differential. That is good for uh, second best in the league. No, it's not. Is it? Third best in the league. Yeah. Sorry. Number one is Milwaukee. Number two is the Boston Celtics. And they're and tied. Indiana is tied with OKC. Yeah. So that's sort of crazy, right? That says that they're probably not a fluke, first right. of all. Um, second of all, so I looked at their team to try and understand what the hell is going on here. Yeah. Like, 
why are they winning? And so I was, I was sort of, before I looked at all the players really closely, I was sort of had some guesses because I'm not really watching Pacers games so much. Right? right. And I was like, okay, I guess Miles Turner must be having a pretty good year. No, very much not so. Sabonis. Sabonis must be having a great year. He's having a good year for Sabonis, but he's not having like a great year. He's just, he's doing like 15 and nine in 25 minutes. That's great. That's actually, I remember this discussion we had. Yeah. It's interesting that he's doing 15 and nine because I remember when we were talking about the over-unders, I said Pacers over. I really believe in the Pacers this year. And you're and you're like, well, who else do they have? I'm like Sabonis. And you're like, who cares? Sabonis is just yeah. another guy. I'm like, no, Sabonis can take a big leap. And you're like, well, what is he going to have to do? And I'm like, you know, 15 and 8 or something. Yeah. And you're like, I guess he could do that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, so that's good. But I'm saying yeah. it's not like he's a star. I feel like, like that's just no. those are just like solid numbers. So, like that's really good. It's helpful to the team. It's a starting NBA player. Right. But yeah. it's not like uh, put that guy in the all-star team kind of thing, right? right? No one's going to talk about him, as, about him as a top 50 player anytime soon, right? Maybe next year. You never know. Okay, but he's, not, he's not very young. Not based on this season, though, right? right? Like, it'd, be, it'd have to be another leap yeah. from here. Um, and the, they don't really have anyone besides Oladipo who's playing at a star level, which is just sort of weird to be this good pulling it off. By the way, Oladipo's having a worse year than statistically anyway than he did last year. Yeah. He's still good. And of course, he's a great defensive player. And this team is just crushing it defensively because they sure aren't doing amazingly offensively. You know, like Darren Collison starts for these guys. I mean, Bogdanovich. Yeah, got he's one, playing well. He's got 16 points and four boards a game. Yeah. That's pretty good. No, no, he's he's been a nice source of offense for him. And actually, Sabonis, who mostly comes off the bench for them, I think these days, uh, I believe. Yeah, he comes off the bench. Um, is the, the other source he's of points? He's actually averaging for them. 15 and 10, closer to 15. Oh, really? And 10. Is he? Yeah. I mean, that that's great. He's being he's a great bench player and could absolutely start for he's them. He's 22 years old. Yeah. Miles Turner though is averaging like 14 and seven. Like what the hell, Miles? 13 Turner? and seven. Like it's terrible. He's averaging almost three blocks. That's good. So it's, and he's a great defensive player anyway. So I think they're just killing people by suffocation. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, like, and they have just have some good pieces, you know, they have a good bench, you know, that like their bench is like Corey Joseph, Tyreek yeah. Evans, Doug McDermott, Sabonis and Kylo Quinn. That's like a solid bench. I mean, Doug McDermott is now getting called part of a solid bench. Absolutely solid bench. That seems, that seems like a bit of a 6. stretch. 6.8 points a game, bro. Solid bench. It's all right. But is he really that good? Always, okay. You're always so dismissive. That guy doesn't deserve my time. Dougie McBuckets. <laughs> uh, but the Pacers are playing and doing so well. And to me, the credit has to go to two guys. One, of, of course, is Oladipo. I guess three guys. Um, the second guy is a, is the hybrid sort of split personality of Sabonis and Bogdanovich, sort of the combination of those two guys You're playing well. You're just choosing the white guys? Of course. And the coach, Nate McMillan, um, yeah. who I think gets a huge amount of credit for this. Um, along with Oladipo, really. Yeah. Um, I don't know who else to give the credit to because I assumed it was going to be like a Miles Turner type, and I can't give it to him. He's playing great on defense, I'm sure, but I thought he was going to be better than this. Yeah, McMillan had a bunch of great years as the Blazers coach where they were always in the playoffs, and then they had just this one horrible year, and they fired him, yeah. and Indiana picked him up. I'm really I'm really happy for Nate. He was a point guard for the Seattle Supersonics back in the day. The you know? Seattle Supersonics. Yeah. That, when that was a thing. Back up to Gary Payton? or No, he was a starter for years. Great defensive player. Mm. That was back when it, you could be a point guard and not be able to score or yeah. shoot. And there's a few guys like that, I know, but mostly... But that was, like, more normal, way more normal. It's like you just distribute the ball and play good defense and, you know, get some steals and stuff. BDR and Fox. Yeah, except he can score. Yeah, compared he can to, score around the rim. He can't really shoot. Okay, but he, but he's able to score. Like, yeah. Nabing Millen didn't average very many points, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I guess they're still the Lonzo Balls of the world. Yeah. Because, man, Lonzo's numbers are bad. <laughs> are they? Lonzo has missed, I think, his last 11 free throws. Ugh. Which is almost impossible to do. It's hard to do. But he, I believe, is pulling it off somehow, some way. I mean, that's that's freaking crazy, right? How long do you, before you give up on Lonzo if you're the Lakers? Like, how many years do you give him? Let's take a look at his numbers. Let's go inside the numbers. Okay, so this year, he's getting nine and a half points, shooting 40% from the field, shooting 33% from three. Now, understand, these are wide open shots because everyone's giving to These him, are much still, better numbers than last year. Um, they're slightly better than... Actually, he shot 36% from the field last year, so that is better. You're right. He's shooting 43% from the free throw line, though, which does not give me any confidence at all that his three-point shot is going to get... You know, it's going to be... How is he every, 43 from the line? That's he, absurd. He was 45 last year. He can't shoot free throws. So weird. So weird. Last year, he averaged seven rebounds and seven assists a game. This year, he's playing five minutes less, but he's getting five rebounds and five assists a game. So th- now, LeBron is taking up some of that, you yeah. know, some of that usage. So uh, you can't entirely blame Lonzo. He's a really good defensive player, too. Um, he's getting less steals, even uh, in five, you know, so that's understandable and less blocks. He's just not there. It's only a second year. He, maybe he just needs more time, but... For, I got to tell you, I watched him play at UCLA. I watched a, a few of his games, and he was great, and he was an incredible passer, but he was also like a lights-out shooter, and it's weird that he is so not that He's really in not. the NBA, like at all. And it, people were worried about him with his windup that it would take too long to get off, but it seems like even when he's open, like he can't hit free throws. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. But maybe he's a head case like, uh, like Markel Fultz and... We know why Lonzo would be a head case. Yeah, exactly. Like he's got a I, I real reason. Yeah. I mean, there's in some ways it's such a such a good thing for him that LeBron showed up that like no one's really talking about Lonzo in this, yeah. as much. I mean, he's struggling, so they're starting to talk about it again now. But he's so under the radar compared to last year. They're only talking about it because LeBron's been out for a couple weeks, right? And so they're losing and stuff. Yeah. But as soon as LeBron comes back, it'll be fine, and all the attention will be back on, on him, and that's great for Lonzo. Lonzo needs that, man. Like, Lonzo needs to play, like, in Minnesota or somewhere, you know, where just yeah. nobody cares. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> just gives him some room, and it's fine. Yeah. All right. We're going to get a little political now Yeah. on this podcast. I've been waiting for this. Okay. So I'm throwing my support fully behind William Henry Harrison for president. Okay. Are you okay with that? Or I'm you- not okay with that. Okay. Who are you going with, then? Uh, Janet Reno. Nice pick. Thanks. Dark horse pick. Very yeah, good. You, you never no, saw we're going to talk coming. about the weird thing going on with Turkey and the NBA right now, Okay, which uh, revolves around Enos Cantor. Uh, Enos Cantor has not been to Europe since 2016, and I have a quote from an ESPN article about that. In 2016, Cantor spoke out against Erdogan, who is the president slash dictator of Turkey. Uh, after a bombing in Anakra, Turkey's capital city, Cantor, who has received death threats, supports Fatullah Gulen, a U.S.-based uh, U.S.-based Turkish cleric who has been exiled from Turkey and is a bitter rival of Erdogan's. The Turkish government has accused Gulen of masterminding a failed military coup in 2016, etc. Whatever. Cantor supports that guy. Yeah, and has spoken out against Erdogan, calling him a dictator and a murderer and stuff like that. And due to that and the lack of free speech rights in Turkey. He is a criminal in Turkey and is concerned about being extradited and most recently said he doesn't want to go to even the UK because he's considered, he thinks he might get assassinated. Yeah. Which is insane. Crazy stuff. And recently, Hito Turkoglu, who is a former NBA player, you might of remember. Of course, Sacramento Kings. Casting a bunch of threes. He was pretty good. Yeah. 
somehow is employed by Erdogan's government as their PR guy. <laughs> and is like, now they're like in a fight, Cantor and Turkulu. <laughs> it's so weird. Turkulu said that Cantor is conducting a smear campaign against Turkey. I don't know what to make of this. It's just very interesting. Yeah, I mean, to be clear, like, Turkulu doesn't have a... I mean, he's just the, the mouthpiece, right. right? So, like, it's positioned as if he, like... You know, he's just, that's his job, so he says the thing, and that's how it always works with those those types right. of people. Right, and he was hired, of course, because he's probably one of the more famous people in Turkey. I would think so. Yeah. Um, so it's possible he feels that way when he says it, but it's possible he doesn't. It's a dictatorship. He kind of has to do whatever the guy wants, right? Yeah. So, you know, so it, so I, I don't know what's going on with that. Um, yeah, it's too bad that Cantor feels like he can't even travel to Britain, though. Right. I mean, like, what happens if there's an NBA UK team sometime in in the near future i mean he won't go he just won't go for the away and, games there. yeah what if there's a playoff the, series there wow um that's a great question maybe yeah. he will maybe he can, i don't know i don't even know the answer maybe they figure maybe the nba figures out if he's going to get extradited or not although he's worried about assassination i mean you could assassinate him in the u.s too like they have guns in the u.s they don't have guns in the uk it'd be easier to kill him here yeah i don't i don't think the assassination thing is really logical yeah. based on that like yeah. they could just send somebody to the u.s and do it if they right. really wanted to but i mean i think Cantor's fears are legitimate to him sure at least and i think there is precedent to be afraid of this erdogan fella mm-hmm. so i don't know it's a weird spot i think he should be better safe than sorry when his life is potentially on the line, even if it's a very small chance yeah. of a bad thing happening. This is a gambling podcast, but you don't need to gamble with your life in that spot. When all you have to do is stay home and everything's fine, as far as you as much as far as you know, anyway, right? Like staying home isn't going to make it any uh, worse for you. It's only going to make it better, right? Sort yep. of free rolling a little bit by staying home. So I think you're supposed to stay home as a canter if you think there's any, even though you know, I mean, what what percentage chance would there have to be for you to get killed? That it would be okay to go over there. It's got to be pretty, like, pretty low, something right? Something like one in a million. You know? <laughs> I think one in a hundred thousand. If they said there's a one hundred thousand chance, like you're going to get extradited, maybe he'd go. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's probably about the chance that you'll die from anything else during that trip, anyway. Yeah. So that seems okay. Yeah. But if it was like one in a thousand, there's no way he's no, going. No right? chance. No chance. Like, cool. One in a thousand. One. One. You know, let's let's get a, a a gun with a thousand. You know a thousand shooter and put one bullet in and spin it. And you point it at your head and pull the trigger, buddy. Yeah. You know, like, so I, I, I think it's fine. And I respect him for being direct about it. You yeah. Know? And like, he could have just said, I'm sick. Right. I can't go. I'm sick. Yeah. But he didn't. Yeah. So that's just a very weird situation. Yeah. That that's tough for that's I've never really thought about that before in the context of trying to globalize sports, you know, how the, NBA, NFL's tried before, of course, but NBA, more more specifically, is recently trying to take these global initiatives to make it more of kind of an international thing. But there's going to be a lot of political problems with that that cause it cause a lot of logistical problems for I a mean, lot of players. There shouldn't really be that many, right? I mean, like if you're just talking about Mexico or the United Kingdom, like there's lots of big sports that happen in the United Kingdom every day. That's true. There aren't like big problems. It's just like anywhere else, you know? No, I just mean like when you have players that are international that are traveling from country to country to country all the time with yeah. all these different backgrounds. And then these countries have these different problems with each other. Maybe that spills over and makes some logistical issues for the league. I mean, maybe, but at the same point, like, uh, soccer, which of course they call football in, uh, everywhere else, but here, yeah. uh, has got, you know, like, let's say the premier league has got, you know, players from all over the world 
but they don't seem to have any political issues that I'm aware of. I don't. I know, you don't really. I don't know. pay too much close. I don't pay too much close attention to it. But is nothing so bad has happened that we've heard about it. So that means it can't be that bad. Yeah. And you know, it's not like I, it's not like I have no sense that I've watched some Premier League games. I've been to England many times. Like it's not a big deal. These aren't these aren't big things. So that's what I say. All right. But I'm a little ignorant on this topic. I'll admit. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Let's talk about something we're a little less ignorant on. Okay. One more one more piece of NBA news. Oh, okay. The future of sports betting is here. Yes. It's being heralded in by the Washington Wizards. Really? Yes. Their uh, next game is against the Milwaukee Bucks, and they, there will be an alternate broadcast, which is going to be available, I guess, in the future uh, for a lot of teams, where it's a sports betting-infused broadcast rather than the normal broadcast, where you can bet on the game during the game and like use your TV interactively. Really? And bet on the game. Wow. Yeah. Like the screenshot they have here uh, on ESPN shows, uh, it's like MGM is the casino behind it, I guess. And it says on the bottom, will Trevor Ariza score 10 plus in the first half? And you can choose yes or no. And I guess you get to bet some amount. Yeah, you bet your, yeah. you probably have a unit amount that you're, right. you're betting. Yeah. So, and everybody does it. And you either play against each other like FanDuel style mm. or it's against the casino. I'm not sure. For that, it, it's pro- probably against the casino. That's usually how they do that. I've done a lot. I've done a bunch of like uh, in-game betting yeah. stuff like that. So like during uh, like an NFL Sunday, and I'm in Vegas, and I'll go to um, like the Venetian has it, for example, mm-hmm. and uh, and so you can literally bet on the plays as they're happening. So it's like, you know, are they going to get a first down on this play? Yes or no. You yeah. know, and then they give you prices. You know, will there be a, a completed pass or a run on this play? Like, and you're betting on like literally play by play if you want. Hmm. You know, and so it's pretty interesting. Um, so my, and that's just straight up against the casino. You're, you're just making like man. There's going to be so much money to be made for the casino with this. If, yeah. If people can bet on every possession of a basketball game or football, anything. People are very very excited about it in, in high places because of this exact thing. This this is like the dream for the NBA. It's not that the NBA wants. Um, I mean, NBA is happy about all betting, of course, because it brings more interest to their league. But they've been Adam Silver has been talking about this exact thing, the in-game betting, as like the sort of killer app for the NBA for the future, which mm-hmm. he thinks is going to bring a lot more attention, a lot more interest, and sort of be the NBA's version of fantasy football. Yeah, maybe. Um, and the NBA is pretty good for it. Honestly, football is probably even better for it because you keep stopping. Right, the stoppages help a lot. Yeah, with the NBA, you can't. You have to wait till there's a break in the action. You can't yeah. do it every single possession. But still, there's a lot of breaks in the action. There's many opportunities to bet. It's fine. But in football, you can literally, and we were literally betting every play sometimes, you know. Wow. Because they take 40 seconds, you know, when it's Sounds kind slow. of fun. It is kind of fun. It's kind yeah. of fun. Man, future. So it's just going to be on your TV. Be like, hey, I'm going to put 30 bucks on this game, which gets me this many units, and I can bet on whenever they tell me. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, that's happening. Let's see if it says one that's happening for the Wizards broadcast. Is it happening this year? It's happening on Friday when wow. the Wizards host the Bucks. Okay. Well, I'm curious to hear how that goes. Yeah. That is definitely sports betting news. Yeah. Nice. All right. I think that's that. So it's time to get to our best bets. Yeah. So what you got? I got one. I also have one. It's on Wednesday. Sorry, it's on Tuesday. Mine's also on Tuesday. Yeah, which is, is tonight, of course. On Tuesday. Yeah. The Indiana Pacers. The, they're good. They're playing the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're not good. Correct. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers are a dog in this game. Really? As you might expect. No, I'm just giving you the all the information. And they're 10 and a half point dogs. Okay. 
That seems like a lot of points to me. You think the Cavs are going to cover? I like the Cavs to cover that game. Of course, we are in Cleveland. I should say that. Um, so that's a bit. If we were in Indiana, I wouldn't feel so good about it. But Cleveland at home now. Cleveland's terrible. They're eight and thirty-two. But you know, ten and a half points is a huge amount in an NBA game. Kevin Love is not playing, which is really too bad because I would love to say Kevin Love is on this team. He is, but he's not playing. Um, but still, ultimately, the Cavs are an NBA team with NBA players. Ten and a half points at home. I like it enough. I like the Cavs. Reasonable. Cool. Reasonable. Okay. I have a similar thing of thinking a team might cover the, although they're the away team, the Knicks travel to play the Warriors. Yeah. And they're getting 17 and a half points. A lot of points. It's a lot of points. It's a lot of points. And the Warriors have not been very cohesive recently. Yeah. I mean, the Warriors are known for blowing teams out, but that's more like a few years ago. Yeah. Not so much this year, right? Right. You know, if you want, you could also do the, uh, the money line. <laughs> What's the money line? Uh, the Knicks are plus 1,900. Ooh. There's no chance they're going to win, but plus 1,900 is pretty tasty. That's pretty tasty, isn't it? I think personally I'm more of a uh, point spread kind of a guy in this kind of a spot. But, you know, if you felt super strong about the money line, whatever. No, I don't think they're going to. But I don't know. Did they win one out of 20 times? I mean, obviously, is it Pinnacle you're on? Pinnacle uh, doesn't yeah. think so. Yeah, right. The answer is no, according right. to Pinnacle, and they would they have a pretty good sense of it, right? Yeah, they're like, no, they win like every one every twenty three times or something, yeah. twenty four times. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, I think the seventeen and a half is probably better just because you get to win a lot more and feel good about yourself, and as opposed to like you may make a good bet. Let's say you let's say you're right and they win one out of every nineteen and a half times or nineteen times, and so it's a good bet. You're mostly never going to know that it's a good bet. You're never going to have any sense of it. It's so much more fun to collect the money. Yes, that is the other side of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Knicks are pretty bad. No, the Knicks aren't going to win. All right, we'll do the spreads then. Okay. Both spreads. Sounds good. Lock it in with the guy. Bam. And let me tell you something, guys. Everyone, now we make these best bets, and you can't, this is not like sports betting advice. No. We're not experts. Not that anyone really is. But you have to make your own decisions for Anybody these things. Anybody who's telling you on a podcast or a video that they are a sports betting expert and then giving you the advice is fucking lying. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like, either they are experts and they're lying about what they're saying, or they think they're experts and they're not because they wouldn't be giving it away if they really had that much knowledge. Yeah, yeah. no one who actually knows what they're talking about is, is as We know, we know some guys who actually know what they're talking about, right. and they do not give it away. Correct. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah, I absolutely know just what Grant's saying. Professional sports bettors. They never tell anybody anything yeah. because they don't want to ruin the lines for themselves. So don't listen to Uncle Sal. Yeah. Having said that, you guys would be fools not to <laughs> fuck the house on these games. You would be fucking morons if you didn't mortgage is, everything you had. This is the straightest, most obvious. These two bets are as good as it gets. This is this is straight up NBA gold. It's gold, Jerry. Gold. <laughs> you have normally you spend hours, days, weeks mining for the littlest nugget. But I'm putting I'm putting 24 carrots right in front of you, and you got to take it. Yeah, coffee is for closers, motherfuckers. That's right. Yeah. But, you know, the first thing but we said. But also, don't, don't bet it. I mean, you can bet it, but understand you're going to lose yeah, a lot. Yeah, you're mostly going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're done.